The Anchored City Podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue Welcome to the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kickenfeld. We are currently between seasons, and this is the fourth of our Between the Seasons episodes. We'll be doing episodes like this from time to time as we wait for the new season to begin in the fall. If you go to the north end of M Street in downtown Anchorage, squeezed into a corner between Elderberry Park and the Alaska Railroad tracks, just steps off the Tony Knowles Coastal Trail, you'll find the home of Oscar Anderson at 420 M Street. Anderson was born in Sweden and lived in Massachusetts and Seattle before becoming one of the earliest residents of Anchorage. By Anderson's own account, he was the 18th person to arrive in the tent city in the spring of 1915. He built his house the same year. Anderson was a butcher and served the new city with fresh meat by shipping in live cattle. The business became the Ship Creek Meat Market. The shop started in a tent and then moved into the second commercial building ever built on 4th Avenue at 531 West 4th Avenue. That structure was replaced in 1936 by a new building that today houses Stewart's photo. Anderson was also the co-owner of a coal mine in the Madanuska coal fields. The sign outside his home reads, Anderson provided two things Anchorage needed most in its beginning, food and fuel. That first year, 1915, Sidney Lawrence took a picture of a July 4th baseball game being played in the tent city. He also took a picture of the Anchorage team, complete with uniforms, just months into the city's existence. Casey, Casey was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad, just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. I arrived in Anchorage 80 years after Oscar Anderson. Growing up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I was an avid Detroit Tigers fan. But that team played all the way across the state. There was no hometown professional baseball team. In fact, I had heard for years that minor league baseball wouldn't work in that city. But just the year before, in 1994, minor league baseball returned in the form of the West Michigan Whitecaps. They became the first professional team since the 1954 Grand Rapids Chicks 
of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. I fell in love with the new hometown team and was sad to leave them behind. When I arrived in Anchorage, I was pleased to discover that Anchorage had baseball in the form of two teams in the Alaska Baseball League, the Anchorage Bucks and the Anchorage Glacier Pilots. Those teams are not minor league, but rather National Baseball Congress Summer College Baseball for players desiring to enter the professional game after college. Enjoy a great baseball game. On a recent summer night, I sat in the stands for a game between the Anchorage Bucks and the Chugiak Eagle River Chinooks. Mulcahy Stadium is home for both the Bucks and the Pilots. It was built in 1964 and named for William F. Mulcahy, a longtime auditor for the Alaska Railroad, who historians refer to as Anchorage's Mr. Baseball. Mulcahy was a longtime booster of baseball in Anchorage, helping to form the original Alaska Baseball League in 1923 and bring Little League to the city in 1950. While interviewing potential workers for the railroad, Mulcahy was known to ask, what position do you play in baseball? The stadium features a natural grass outfield and a turf infield, surrounded by a covered grandstand, bleachers, and a popular beer garden. Behind the stands, you can get stadium fare like hot dogs, nachos, and peanuts. You can also buy a souvenir. Seats are very close to the action, offering a great look at the game and easy interactions with players, coaches, and umpires. And the backdrop is breathtaking. On a clear day, you can see the Chugach Mountains on the horizons on the first base side. But watch your step as you make your way around the park as every foul ball is passionately scrambled after by children in attendance. With me at the stadium on this night is one of those ball chasers, my young friend Evan. What's your favorite part of going to the ballpark? Um, maybe eating cotton candy. I love it. Evan reminds me of my own daughters who grew up coming to the games and always wanted to catch one of the suckers tossed into the crowd by longtime Glacier Pilots coach Lefty Van Brunt. On the field are players that come from all over the United States and beyond. They hail from towns like Post Falls, Idaho, and Temecula, California, Oak Park, Illinois, McKinney, Texas, Brooklyn, New York, and Honolulu, Hawaii. There are even some homegrown Alaska talents. They represent a range of schools such as Redlands Community College, Pepperdine, Dallas Baptist University, San Diego State, Skagit Valley College, UNLV, and Texas Tech. What brings them all together for the two-month season is the desire to follow in the footsteps of current Major League stars like Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt, or past heroes like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, or even Hall of Famers Tom Seaver, Dave Winfield, and Randy Johnson, all of whom played in the Alaska Baseball League. This league has deep roots going back to the establishment of the first summer college baseball team in Alaska, the Fairbanks Gold Panners in 1960. Anchorage's first team, the Glacier Pilots debuted in 1969. 
The Panthers are no longer in the league, but still play games against league teams. The current league is made up of the Anchorage Glacier Pilots, the Anchorage Bucks, the Chugiak Eagle River Chinooks, the Peninsula Oilers, and the Matsu Miners. A recent article in the Anchorage Daily News called Going to a Game at Mulcahy Stadium one of Anchorage's most endearing and enduring summer traditions, and added that it's one of the city's simplest summer pleasures. Part of the tradition and pleasure of baseball in Anchorage and Alaska is baseball on the 4th of July. In Anchorage, the Bucks and the Pilots will play a doubleheader. The 4th of July games are often the most well-attended games of the year, and following the game will be the city's fireworks show. The chorus of the song Take Me Out to the Ball Game goes like this. Maybe you know it. Maybe you've been singing along. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes you're out at the old ball game. In 1915, that song and that recording was just seven years old. And the railroad camp on the shores of Cook Inlet had only been around for a few months. I wonder if Take Me Out to the Ball Game was sung during the seventh inning stretch of that first Anchorage ball game on July 4. But it's not the only thing I wonder looking at that photo. I also wonder who was in the crowd. What type of person travels to a place that only exists on a map? Who bets it all on a place that is yet to be or is just barely coming into being? While the crowd may have sung, I don't care if I never get back, the reality was that traveling to Ship Creek in 1915 and living in a tent city next to a vast wilderness presented the real possibility that one might never return to the place they traveled from. While that first Anchorage baseball crowd might have sung, let me root, root, root for the home team, I'm shocked that there was even a home team. Because at that time, what would become Anchorage was not yet much of a home. It was just a large collection of tents along Ship Creek, more of a muddy encampment than a friendly confine. In a real way, the city had a home team before there was much of a home. But maybe that's the point. Maybe baseball was making Anchorage feel like home. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. The sign outside of the Oscar Anderson house notes that Anderson lived in that house at 420 M Street for nearly 60 years. After his death at age 91 in 1974, a young couple moved into the house. But Anderson may have never left. 
The couple reported that they kept hearing footsteps upstairs like someone was walking around. One morning, the pair could not open the door to Oscar's old room because a chest had been moved in front of the door. The movement of the furniture blocking the entrance was never explained. It appears that Oscar Anderson loved his home so much that he never really left. The comedian George Carlin once commented that the object of the game of baseball is to go home and to be safe, safe at home. In 1915, Anderson made Anchorage home. In a new place, just being brought into existence, people like Anderson looked for ways to make this place feel like home. Baseball was one of those familiar things. On the 1st July 4th, people flocked to the ballpark to relax and enjoy the game. And maybe they also flocked there to feel at home and to feel safe in their new place. Many more people have called this city at the edge of the wilderness their home in the last 106 years. I am one of those people. And for me, baseball has made it feel like home. Anchorage's history and its connection to baseball remind me of this quote from the movie Field of Dreams. The one constant through all the years has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's part of our past. It reminds us of all that once was good and that could be again. Oh, people will come. People will most definitely come. And people did come to Anchorage and still do. The city was erased like a blackboard by the 1964 earthquake and then rebuilt. Baseball from that first game in 1915 to the last out of this year's Midnight Sun game has been something that has been constant. Baseball has marked the time. And it does remind us of all that was once good and could be again. And it has made us feel like we are home. Safe at home. If you're liking the Anchored City podcast, tell a friend. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That'll help us get the word out as well. The Anchored City podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission that in part makes this podcast possible. We are also grateful for our partnership with Street Psalms. Check them out at streetpsalms.org. And we're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you are hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and recommend us to your friends. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchorage City Podcast is hosted by Joel Kiekenfeld and is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, heart, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they are supposed to be for all people. 
Find us online at anchorageutc.org and on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme song is by Anchorage's own Monica Lett.